Podcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Falling Skies After Show here on AfterBuzz TV, Season 5, Episode 5. Man, what a great episode. It's called Non-Essential Personnel. Luckily on this panel, there are only essential personnel. <laughs> we have Lauren LaGrasso. That is true. Whoa. This episode was insane. I feel like I'm still coming down emotionally. But he speaks the truth. I am Lauren. You can find me at Lola Logro. And I have to give it right back to Phil. He's absolutely essential personnel, too. I would never shoot you in the arm or chest or anywhere because I want to have you around. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, this was, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it, but, uh, Drew Roy has uh. called this his favorite episode. And, you know what? I, so, certainly out of the season, it is, it was phenomenal. So much to talk about, uh, philosophically. Uh, I, I love how kind of we're seeing various things happen. It's just, it's just great all around. It was and intense. so much. Yeah. I mean, you saw me. I was literally holding myself throughout the episode. It's the only way I could cope. So, ah. Uh. This was an episode not meant for kids. No. Maybe not even meant for certain adults. Me. No, just kidding. I loved it. I thought it was an incredible um, use of storytelling. Not a minute was wasted. There you go. And right off the bat, this isn't uh, necessarily one of our storylines, but we get uh, snakes, which is symbolic. And for those of you, symbolic of what? I don't quite know, but it's certainly in the Bible. I love that you said a return to Eden. I thought that was really interesting. And it was interesting that it was a two-headed snake, too. So maybe... I just thought of this. It could be symbolic of Pope and Tom, you mm. know, two people trying to rule, trying to change the world and uh, the, the start of creation in a new way. Interesting. Well, I certainly like, there you go. That's, uh, that's more than I gave it. <laughs> but yes, good of you to uh, point that out. So let, let's talk about uh, what kind of, you know, there's three main storylines, Weaver's, Pope's and then Tom's, although Tom obviously ties in with Pope. But let's start with Weaver because he's kind of the solo mm-hmm. uh, of the of those storylines. So him and the Second Mass, they're going to DC. Right. They're they're going well, and something comes up. Yes, uh, they start getting. Well, were those missiles or like bombs of some sort? Uh, you know what? It was heavy gunfire. Heavy gunfire. Okay, certainly so, that. And yeah. at first, it seemed seemed heavier than it actually ended up being because uh, you know it, the number of quote unquote people kept withering down. Of at first, you know, it's coming from both sides, or we mm-hmm. think it's coming from both sides. Um, you know, you got to count the numbers, and you know, and we think it's just four. And eventually it's just one. Mm-hmm. And knowing that it is one now, I wonder how he did execute that gunfire so successfully. Especially mm-hmm. because he got down to the first level mm-hmm. to shoot. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it certainly seems like... I mean, this is where his family is, right? Mm-hmm. So knowing that now, which obviously was the big reveal and it was, it was very powerful, but he's 
you know, the invasion at this point so long ago. And so he spent a lot of time here. Mm-hmm. I don't... Maybe he's moved once or twice, but I, I don't no, think so. I think so. he stayed in that one place. Yeah, and so, you know, he's learned, obviously, about his surroundings. Mm-hmm. And he's he's learned how to take advantage of his surroundings. And as... Uh, I certainly loved... Um, Coaches, he's like he's got the great tactical advantage. <laughs> I wrote that down too. I thought, you know, in this episode, obviously we've seen it since Coaches came around, but we really saw how literal he is, and it's just so funny, especially in an episode where it is so intense to have those small little moments of comedy. It's important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> even just going back to the, you know, this car literally has no tactical advantage. That. Stop being a backseat driver. But I am in the front seat. I love how he goes, but I am in the front seat, yeah. Uh, So so cute. I definitely know some people in my life who are like that. Not to that extreme, but it was fun to see that in an alien form. (laughs) Indeed. Um, But yes, going back to the intensity of the actual episode, you know, right off the bat, you know, what what I liked about it was... We didn't know what was happening, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were in the same boat as Weaver, and we and to an degree, some, sometimes we were in less than Weaver, right? Because when right. Anne has to go in after uh, the Colonel, you know she she doesn't know, and obviously uh, Weaver does, but we don't, right? And you and I looked at each other like, "Is this going to happen one by one?" Well, or- that's what I was thinking because when Anne walked in, I'm like, "Oh no, he's just going to keep shooting," you know. Yeah. But I was happy to see that was not the case. Um, and it's one of those it's one of those tough things too f- for Anne. You know, at this point, you don't have Tom, so who go, who becomes your leader? Well, obviously, you know Dan. Mm-hmm. And you know, so many times you have these various situations where it's like, okay, hey, just trust me, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do this. But at what point does someone just kind of become rogue and say, like, you know? Uh, when do when do we stop trusting that this sort of plan? When is the plan not in motion, and mm-hmm. we can kind of just just enact upon it? And I was almost very nervous because I I thought someone would accidentally shoot, and you know the the plan would go awry. That's a little bit more cliche, but I'm glad they didn't necessarily go that route. Yeah, and uh, you know, Anne and those guys they they enacted their plan. You know, eventually they went south, but then they kind of circled back, and so it's you know it's one of those things of. As he says, you know, hey, just trust me, honey. Obviously, I love that he's pretending to be uh, her husband. And that gains some sympathy from him, probably. Yeah. I I thought, too, to go back to what you were just saying about how the group showed a lot of self-control by not just shooting them up. um, It does show what a strong group they are, that they're able to do things for the greater good in that way. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you you know, in, in those moments, again, the the there was a lot of intense stuff. But part of me was, you know, when does someone just, you know, not trust Colonel Weaver? Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, and to an extent, I really loved how they drew out the storyline. You know, as soon as Weaver's got the knife in the beginning, I thought, oh, that's it, that's the end of this guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that they were able to to really tell a great story and eventually the culmination where, you know, I'm Marty, I'm Daniel, mm. and they shake yeah, hands. that got me. I love I love that too, and I think it does go to show anyone you can villainize, you can also see the sadness and the humanity in them. And they did just such a, a beautiful and 
and really intelligent job of showing it with this guy, Marty. Yeah. And I I forget what this is exactly from, but um, actually it's um, I think it's from the Peaceful Warrior. But the quote is, uh, uh, "Those that are toughest to love are the ones who need it the most." And so you know, not that this guy's necessarily the hardest to love. I'm, I'm sure that trophy goes to Pope. Yeah, well, when someone shoots you, it doesn't feel you know very easy to be loving toward him. But you know, Colonel, he just went for it. And, you know, he sees the signs, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, right, in hindsight, he, he immediately said, you know, I knew right from the way he kind of described his daughters um, or his his family that I knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. Well, even when he went into the room and, and left him alone, he was saying, what did he say? It was something really weird. He did some sort of cheer, like, we're we are one, we are one. Right. I thought, oh, that, that doesn't feel real. That doesn't feel good something's wrong here mm-hmm. yeah and i don't know what were some of your earlier on guesses as to what was happening i thought that maybe they had turned into um the alien or you know with uh yeah like, last week w- w- what would we call that half alien half human but mostly alien <laughs> <laughs> i thought yes. they were in that state yes uh, I, th- I thought that was going to be the case too and uh, i'm glad they didn't because again it's it's a storyline now we would have seen Again, mm-hmm. and not that that would have necessarily been a bad thing, but it's it's glad it's good that they didn't. This is more interesting for sure, absolutely, and, and definitely visu- pulled at your heartstrings more. I mean, to see a visual of three body bags. I mean, because think about it: who knows how long they've been there? The smell, and he's still like kissing their bodies, and that's how distraught this man is. And just even you know to tr- to try to get some sort of justification from it to say you know I I, I went and I killed them you know mm-hmm. it, 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 I I did that much i know that broke my heart ah so hard to watch but it was just i have to say to everyone who was involved with this episode it was incredible acting these actors really stretched themselves in this episode incredible Mm -hmm. writing great directing the pacing was just fabulous yeah and for for weaver in particular uh, it was a great culmination of sympathy towards humanity but also tacticalness because you know just reading right off the bat you know he says they only need they only ask for one truck that must mean there's not a lot of them mm-hmm. you know and kind of deducing it in those terms which uh that's how his his mind works he's, he's a brilliant man he showed how intelligent he is not only with you know practicality but also his emotional intelligence is really high yeah. and that part i mean i've seen it happen a few times throughout his path but um, but it was really cool to see how he is really just an all-around great man mm. and very even. Indeed. Uh, and one of the subplots that uh, out of the Weaver storyline, you know, uh, is is Ben and mm-hmm. Maggie. Yes. We, we got a little bit of a moment of them, too. And we got to see Maggie because she was completely absent from the last episode. Her hair is still looking pristine. She took a shower. She's not going to go to D.C. without a shower. Right, of course. I mean, with all that running water, why wouldn't you? So, um, <laughs> Yeah, but it was cool to see them together. And he, she looks quite a bit older than him, so she's definitely cougaring in this instance. Am I correct? Uh, what do you, it's not a quite, she's not what, quite a what cougar. What do they call that? The younger one? Puma. 
Yeah, I, yeah there's so many. I don't know. He's like, I can't keep up with all the wild cats. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't like, a, I don't know, meerkat. I don't, it's just there's so there's many, so many different levels. But anyway, um, I, 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 I like hysterical. that they worked together in this. It was nice. Now, yeah. they were experiencing a headache when they were heading into the building. Is that correct? She was. She was. And was that due to the fact that there were aliens around or was it? That's right. That's, that's right. what I, I kind thought, of thought too. That's what I was, you know, and especially kind of made sense with what I initially thought of what was behind the door. That's what I was thinking, too, so, when I saw that. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's, we'll see kind of that. That one's left more up in the air and we have to see where it goes more than anything. But mm-hmm. obviously it was just kind of. It is, you know, Hal's literally gone. He's who knows where, and yet their bond is still, you know, coming together Mm -hmm. just out of a physical, you know, not a necessity, but but it's just there through their spine. You know, they literally have a connection that they can't release. Maggie and Ben? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I kind of, I mean, this is jumping ahead a bit, but I hope that Hal can get together with the new girl mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean i don't think there's enough time to fully form a relationship in the Save next her episodes. For ben. <laughs> i'm saving you for my bro don't worry <laughs> i think that's what should ultimately happen you, know, you think so Maggie and hell have to end up together yeah it's hard to fight those spikes though i just feel like well we'll talk about that okay a hint uh love wins Oh I was just, well, no. I mean, it's not a spoiler. Yes, yeah, so you have that article, right? It's a, it's not a spoiler by any means. It's just um, again, we'll kind of talk about it. But all right, uh, before we move on, we would like to thank one of our sponsors, uh, our continued sponsor here at AfterBuzz TV, and certainly the Falling Skies After Show, Mazda, and they have a question for you, and it's a question that certainly the second mass would answer yes. The question is, does driving matter to you? And for the second mass, it does. You know, for them, it's it's uh, more out of necessity. But I'm sure Colonel Weaver, as soon as this is over, he's going to take that car and he's going to be driving it. Uh, he's going to be driving it with the windows down, the wind blowing through his hair, the smell of pine trees and fresh asphalt because we're rebuilding, you know, the you know for the second mass, the whole world. How great is that, um, you know? Colonel Weaver, I'm sure he's looking forward to these moments uh, when it's just him and the road. No distractions, no Shveni, no nothing, no aliens. <laughs> uh, handling every turn and feeling every nuance of the uh, of the road. But now, right, that's, that's them. But now ask yourself, the viewer or listener, uh, you know, does driving matter to you? Because we know it matters to Colonel Weaver and the rest of the second, but does driving matter to you? Um, if it does... Uh, Mazda, they build cars just for you because to them and you, driving matters. And that's Mazda. That's right. Get so, in a car today, folks. Hmm. A Mazda car. Built just for you. Mm. All right. Um, so let's uh, let's start with Pope and then obviously we'll kind of talk about Tom as, as an extension of that. But, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, what, Kudos what, to the actor playing Pope. I mean, that was... A phenomenal performance. He went crazy. And what did you? Well, I mean, keep keep going. You know, obviously, it's very tough to define and describe that level of acting. But if you had to, uh, if you could dig deeper and give give some, I was afraid to it. of him. 
I was afraid of him. I mean, and, and you know, he, his eyes, okay? His eyes, crazy eyes, but it wasn't overdone. It was just, he just was. And he, he did it in a way that didn't feel forced. It wasn't over the top. It was, this is what this man has been pushed to. And he totally justified it with his performance. Okay. Yeah. He, and even kind of his conversation over the, 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 the walkie talkie. I thought was uh, it was it was really well done. Yeah, he he nailed this. And as you mentioned, you know he's he's a king in his throne. Mm-hmm. That was uh, you know, and uh, which by the way, I love them. They're at Lois Lane's. <laughs> that's it was just, awesome. That's just kind of funny to me. So cute. But you know what I what I like is uh, you know they're just saying if you want to really get to know someone, give them power. And now we're getting to know Pope. Yes, this was always in there. And that's a scary thing because for a long time we thought we could trust Pope. He was just one of us, one of the second mass. I, I love how I include us in the second mass, but you know. We're part of the second mass, part- as, as well as anybody else. Yeah, that's right. So when we watch it, that's the people, those are the people we associate with. And Pope was one of the trusted ones. And the fact that he has spun this far out, that that spark was always in him waiting to explode. is kind of wild to think about. Makes you think, you know, who are the people in your life who have a little spark of crazy who could go straight up Pope on you? Give him power. I will not. I don't want to experience what those poor people are going through. And I think it's so ironic and so hypocritical what is currently occurring. Keep going, because obviously that's something that I do want to talk about. Well, you know, he's talking about how many people Tom Mason and the Mason militia have killed because of the way Tom has run things. Well, he's, first of all, not letting people in his group because they're non-essential personnel. So killing them, basically, by sending them out into the wilderness on their own. And then when the poor one guy got a little bit hurt we didn't even know how full the extent of his injuries were he just shoots them and ends it all so his idea of starting this new better group to help save the world is not true he's a complete hypocrite well I think you know I 100% agree that it's very hypocritical and it's to me what it you know, one way to quote unquote justify it is to say, hey, you know, Tom Mason did things this way and look where they led us. Now, in order to be the strongest that we can be, you know, these are the extreme measures. Again, I'm not saying I agree with it. I know that's how he's justifying it, but I don't think that's right. I mean, I get that's how he's thinking. Hey, I, I 100% agree. I'm just saying, you know, and and this is where even when they're having their, you know, Hal and him are kind of talking and, you know, which one of the most amazing scenes I've ever seen, he just spits water in in him and then the way Hal kind of twists that back on him, like, yeah, you want to give me water? Give it to me because I'll spit it at you. Uh, You know, he's trying to get him to say, you know, it's because of your father. And this is where... um, Wait, is that the one where he had already been sewed up? Yeah. That was that was when I was hugging myself. That was so upsetting to watch. Because <laughs> he just got in the stitches and he's sticking his finger back into the wound and beating him up. I, I mean, it was a very powerful scene, but wow. That was, that was very difficult to watch if you're a human with any empathy. 
Uh, no, I I a hundred percent agree, which is why, you know, the the choice of words is, is very um you know problematic and uh one one of the issues he because the you know, one way that Pope shapes his arguments mm-hmm. is, you know, that Tom Mason didn't say, you know, he let these people die, but in simplistic terms you could say, Well, no, he also managed to save a lot of people and you know, the the although, you know, very significant people it could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so while, yes, their death is a tragedy, he saved more people than he let die. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just how you phrase it. And that's the problem. Words. Words. Syntax. Yes. I learned that one in English class in uh, high school. Yep. Good job. Thank you, Mrs. Rorty. Yeah. You know, because... <laughs> You know, some people even, st- I, this is one of my things. People still to this day call uh, the Holocaust an anomaly. And I have a huge problem with that because right. it's not. Because they've happened over and over again. That's right. And yeah. t- still to this day, there's genocides. They're, mm-hmm. not, you know, they're not called Holocaust, you know, but they are, there are How about the Native of- Americans? There you go. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to, to phrase it in that way is problematic. And so you got to be very careful with your words. Words um, can wound. What did you think of uh, speaking of Pope and kind of the the exchange of quote unquote truth between Isabella and Pope? And as he says to her, you know, if I had a beer right now, I'd cheers to that. Yep. Isabella's the new girl with the crimped hair, the quote unquote nurse. Okay, um, I thought it was interesting. I felt like he was going to rape her at one point because he was being so weird. Um, his energy was very. Molesty. I'll Here's say. why. Um, I will give this to Pope. I don't know if he would have done it simply because I think even despite this, he truly loves Sarah, no. and it would be inappropriate. I don't think he would have done it for that, but I do think he was trying to intimidate her with seduction in mm-hmm. a way, scary seduction, not the kind you want. S and M type seduction. <laughs> yes. Um. Uh, I, I don't remember a lot of the details of that conversation. I just remember that was the feeling I had. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I, well, first and foremost, I didn't buy anything from Isabella. You know, I, I thought her argument, speaking of words, she had very, the way she framed her argument was very well thought out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, as she says, you know, the whole world needs something. You know, that's how this whole thing is run. You need something from me. I need something from you. And, and if we can do that for each other, good. Uh, which, by the way, I mean, yeah, it could be interpreted as sexual because <laughs> he's got a phallic. You know, you get it. <laughs> you get it. So. Um, no, explain it more, Phil. I don't understand. I'm kidding. Uh, read the first couple chapters of Eden. That's okay. the PG version oh, of mating oh oh okay i'll have to do that later um anyway so yeah you know i i thought uh, i mean what she's saying is true but i agree that she was just saying it so she could be saved yeah and again it's 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 not a wrong view um but it's it's a grim view but but again you can kind of make that extension like we all want to be loved and you know as as because the other way to phrase it you know she that's one way to kind of look at that but as later House says, you know, uh, we started here, um, and we're gonna we started and we're gonna end the same way, which is you know we're gonna be there for each other. And okay, yes, that's quote unquote an exchange of services, but 
But it's mutual. But in the highest sense of the the word, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. You know, as a family, mm-hmm. as a unit. And you're doing it because you should treat people the way you'd like to be treated. The golden rule. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, so. I like their partnership, whether it ends up in a romantic way or just... I could see them also... It, this is quite opposite of what I just said, but I could see them having a sibling-like relationship simply because of what she said at the end. What you said reminded me of something my dad said. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them having that kind of a kinship together. Fair enough. Um, and what we worried for Isabella... I mean, what did she think that she was ultimately going to do? Did you... Because I wasn't expecting her to kind of be the way that she was and then to eventually free Hal. She's I, very resourceful. Yeah, I thought that she would just look out for herself. I didn't think she was going to help Sal. Or Sal. Hal. Um, but I was happy that's the way it ended up because I don't think anyone can survive all on their own. This is true. And this this seems to be... You know, I mean, not even the great Pope could have. He Even he needs to recruit. <laughs> when you said Pope, I don't know why, but I instantly thought of the current Catholic Church Pope. And I was like... He's not by himself. He's over there in the Vatican. He's got lots of... I get that. Which is, but, but that's why, I mean, yeah. it's that's why but, it's very symbolic that, I mean, Pope spills, like, every time he says anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's um, in a way, like, supposed to be lyrical and, and this and that, and it's supposed to entice people. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, no, trust me, his name... It's is very ch- symbolic. Yeah, it's chosen for a reason. We've talked about that on past episodes and so on. And I think that this show, too, with this episode in particular, it made me realize how smart and how well plotted out it is and how many symbolic items or entities or people there are within it. It's, again, I just have to, I'm kind of in awe of this episode today. Yeah, because Anthony, you get Anthony as your Colonel Weaver. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very... Mirror. Tit for tat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mirror, whatever kind of way you want to look at it. Um and just uh, and and it's you know Tom's kind of getting to his to, to that same level. I mean, granted, Pope really gets into it where he says, "Don't you say Sarah's name," and and that's when he loses it. Yes, I love that moment too. Acting wise, that was a real switch. You know, is you you could tell he was going down one path, and when he heard that, it was just like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm not doing that anymore." He lost it. He completely let his emotions get the best of him, and he just couldn't handle it it was that trigger word mm-hmm. you know don't you dare say her name this and that you know you're not really in control and just kind of the way you know he seemed to almost react in that moment i i don't think he knew in his mind that he wanted to hurt hal but as a result of just kind of being in the moment he was like okay this is what i'm gonna do you want to hear your son fine you're mm-hmm. gonna hear him scream yep uh which was definitely intense and then you know and then you have the flip side, although not, I don't know. How, it depends how you want to judge it. But you end with Tom saying, I'm going to kill you. Which, again, isn't a tantrum, but it's certainly the kind of the same sentiment. Yep. They're so, more alike than they are different in many ways. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, I, I found that to be very, very interesting. Um, okay, so speaking of Tom... You know, he's on this solo mission, and it's it's, it's interesting uh, because obviously one of the one of the nice kind of three sixty parts is that uh, you know he he meets the exiles from whatever Pope's camp is, 
and you know he chooses to go after he to go after Hal, and then we see Rebecca, and she tells him, "Don't do this." I thought he was going to help the exiles in some way. Didn't it look like he was about to give them something from his backpack? Yeah, I think I I thought um, it could have been one of two ways. He could have told them exactly where to go, which perhaps we will see them, mm-hmm. or he he would have said like, you know, stick with me. And uh, we're gonna get these guys. Although I can see why. I, I I think I think the first choice would have been you know here go to the second mass. Don't mm-hmm. stay around with me because what I'm about to do is very dangerous. Right. Although that one guy, so the the older gentleman and the girl, they I could tell why they were exiled. They looked like they. Oh, were, you could. I they looked like uh, yeah, they're just, having a hard time. You know, like, I wouldn't have done it if I was in Pope's position. If you can it was, just look at people and deem whether or not they're actually essential no, or not. No, no, no. But as far as being strong, as far as being strong, come on. But but even Pope, see, that, that, I get that, I get that. But that's when you know, even Pope, right? As soon as as soon as you have Isabella say like, "Hey, I'm a nurse. You might need me." It shows the error of his ways because he's purely looking at strength. Yeah. You know? But I'm saying if I was looking at it from that, with that filter, I can I'm see I'm just those saying, two. but that, uh, what I'm saying is that is an error. You would have, uh, ding him, right? He knows electricity. He knows all these things. He would have been deemed probably, if I was to guess, non-essential based off of Pope. And that's an issue because, again, yes, can you have great people that can snipe and fire and, and go low and this and that? Sure. But can can you also think you need a combination of all these things? And uh, going back to kind of, the, the, I believe it's the first episode this week. You know, even though, and that's where like I, I think Tom is also incorrect because forget that you were a dentist, forget that you were a lawyer. Like no, don't you, forget, don't forget. You know, that's what that's what kind of brings you know we, it makes us like a, a large kind of organism. Right, a group, and a community, because we need these things. I'm in agreement with you. I was that was actually not the point I was going for. But if I was looking through it through that filter, I would have said, "Yeah, those two. But what was wrong with the other guy? He looks perfectly fine. I don't know. Yeah, maybe his was small. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, guys, if you're listening, I didn't mean to hit that so hard, but that was a funny joke. Um, yeah, maybe I didn't. I wasn't aware you fought with that, but in certain wars, I guess you do. You know. With the falling skies, sometimes drastic times call for drastic measures. Yeah, I, I, you know, it just I. No, but I agree. It's 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 an error in his thinking to to say that people who aren't physically strong are worthless. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I would like to see these exiles, but we'll see. I think that they're going to make their way to the second mass or at least run in with everyone again. I don't feel that they're gone forever. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you, it's almost one of those things, right? Uh, maybe just because I've been, I've talked a lot of Terminator in the past couple of weeks, obviously with the new one out and, and so on and so forth, but, uh, and back to the future, just celebrate kind of its big anniversary and so on and so forth. But the, the idea that had Tom just listened to quote unquote Rebecca, Hal would have been safe, and Tom would have been safe. But in this scenario, you know, did did in, in any way Tom affect Hal's ability to escape from there? It's just one of those things, like it's a, you know, uh, what, I mean, what, what yeah. came first, the chicken or the Should've, egg? Shoulda, woulda, coulda. I mean, it's it's happened now. But But Rebecca says to him, don't do it. And she doesn't say, you know, if you don't, 
go in. Don't worry. Hal's going to get out regardless whether or not you get in there. He's good. She says, you can't do it. Well, and he's she like, says, you're asking me to do what you understand what you're asking me to do. But if you really, again, listen to her words, she says, if you die. So I don't think that she knew that he was going to die one way or another. I don't get the feeling that these beings are completely psychic. I think they have intuitions and can tell maybe the general picture of what's going to happen. But if she had known that Hal was going to live, don't you think she would have shared that information with him? Maybe there's rules. Maybe you can't tell that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. I mean, how cryptic has she... You know, this Tom's whole frustration. Like, enough with the cryptic stuff. Yeah. Show your face. Yeah. Yeah. So... I agree. Uh, yeah, and it's just one of those if things... If you're going to give me a psychic reading, give me the full shebang. Don't just give me a glimpse. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What like, am I paying for? Like, tell me, you know, if I, if I don't need to study for the test, let me know that if I know... If I know I'm going to ace the test regardless, I won't study for it. Right. <laughs> but if you I, just tell me I'm going to get two questions right, well, I don't feel very confident in my choices. So, see, he was he was not given a full picture. Therefore, he could not make a good decision based on that small image he'd been given. But what do you think about... So, regardless, how, what do you feel about the decision to ultimately go save Hal knowing that... I mean, it's hinted that he could die. I think it was noble in one way and stupid in another way. Is it hypocritical? Is it hypocritical of him? No, no, because he's not making everybody go do it. He's doing it by himself. Just how he said, "Pope, go do this for Sarah by yourself." He's doing everything by himself. I get that, but but you know, uh, as Rebecca, I'm just going to keep calling her Rebecca. Becky, as Becky says. <laughs> You know that that there's yeah we we know there's one final battle yet to come, mm-hmm. and that if they lose the great Tom Mason, you know all these wars will be be for none, and which kind that of speak, rhymed yes, and it kind of go kind of goes to uh, you know uh, Pope's point where you know Mason is putting up a good argument <laughs> to be the leader of the of the new world type of thing. I don't think that so, but I think he would be a great. I do think he would be a great leader. He should at least be on the board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, in the cabinet. But he's making that decision to say, you know what? I don't mind if the world fails as long as I can get my son. Ah! Uh, I mean, that's one way to phrase it, but that's what he's doing. I don't buy that he's thinking that that's actually true. I mean, I think, I think he starts to think that this Rebecca... Is full of it because when she's not giving him the full story, he's like, "Well, then I can't really trust you. I'm going to go out. Who's to say what you're saying is even true?" And so far, she's been right about everything. She has been, but he's angry. Yeah, he's he's leading on emotions. Yes, it's partly selfish. It's partly selfless. I don't think you can look at it as black and white. To save himself, it's also taking a risk to save himself because then he's letting his son go, and he doesn't even know if he will live. Even if he doesn't go there. What do you think of all this, sir? It's all Schrodinger's cat. I don't know. It's, um... If you do, you're damned. If you don't, you're damned. That's it. hmm And so, I mean, granted, I obviously respect the decision that he made. I was kind of hoping he wouldn't go. I don't know why. I'm usually always leaning toward save your family. But for this particular one, I thought Hal might live anyway. I don't know why. 
because oh, you were watching the episode. He didn't I, have the benefit <laughs> of seeing what was going on. But I was hoping that he would stay in that bus where he was talking to Rebecca and save himself. But he did what he had to do so he could live with himself if he did live. Yeah, I, it was just... Yeah, I mean, he made, he made a very big decision, you know, and I don't... Obviously, he didn't have time to think about it. Right. I mean, in this world, you can't make a pros and cons list. It's just you got to go on instinct. And, you know, that's what he did last time. But one can argue, like, that's what you did last time. It's it's what's led to this. So now, you know, you got to think a little bit more. That's a good point. It was definitely an inciting incident. So, I don't know. Uh, Okay. So, we get some Zero Dark Thirty type stuff. (laughs) And then it's it, it what, what was amazing just from all production aspects, right? Cinematography, um, lighting, acting, editing, so on and so forth. Finally, Tom walks through this entire thing and Pope comes out. And bam, shoots him right away. He didn't make a pros and cons list on that one either. He just went for it. And I thought Pope was done for in that moment. Yeah, that, I'm surprised they both. They get, you, one thing I've learned from a lot of movies and TV shows, you can take quite a, a lot of gunfire. I'm not saying go and try it. I'm just saying these TV shows are indicating that. Right. I wonder how accurate that actually is. It can be pretty accurate, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess, was it 50 Cent who said he got shot like 15 times? Nine times. Nine. I was close. Still an odd nine. number. There you go. I mean, so it was like 20 million something something one. Yeah. Versus but you know, one. Listen, we got to take what we can get here okay. at the Falling Skies After Show. Uh-oh, did I unplug something with my foot? Probably. Okay. Well, All there right. we go. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, what did you... Because we cut to commercial right on that. And you, you thought Pope was dead. I thought he was dead for sure. I thought Pope was dead, and I was ready to see how this would play out. How and, he was shot in the chest. Uh, yeah, I forget exactly where he was shot. Um, I can't quite read that, Mark Donica. Please, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I thought I thought you had a number of how many times uh, Fifty Cent was shot. <laughs> He's been doing some extensive research in the booth. It was indeed nine. Oh, you have a good voice. Hello. All right. Um, so there <laughs> you go. like moving on. Um, well, no, it was, it was good that we got confirmation on that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, this was, this was, every moment in this episode was very intense and just done well. It was amazing. And I'm in awe. I really am. I, I, I wish I could talk to someone and I get the feeling that I might be able to in, soon. Uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> As of right now, we're looking at August 9th. We're looking to have Drew Roy in studio. So look out for that. Um, again, don't necessarily hold, you know, things change. I get that. Yeah. Uh, Anything could happen, but we're really excited for the possibility. That's right. And so, you know, I would, we, this, this would have been a great episode to talk about with him. But regardless, I'm sure whatever episode that we land on will be equally as fantastic. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, again, there's other stuff we can hit and so on. Um, I particularly love just the way, just the way it was set up, you know, the realization that Hal's on his way out because I'm sure it hit Tom in that moment of like, why did I even try to go here? 
when here, ironically, is Hal mm-hmm. about to escape and now I'm about to be shot, potentially. So uh, I found that interesting. And what's going to happen with Pope, we'll find out. Let's get to news and gossip, then we'll do predictions. After Buzz TV News. All right. So Sarah Carter and Troy Rue. Uh, Drew Roy. <laughs> Troy Rue. Sounds like a nice French name. Um, well, he could be. Uh, these guys, the, the, the two of them, obviously you guys know him as Hal and Maggie. They did an interview and a couple of high, uh, there, there's a link to it that, um, that Lauren LaGrasse will post on her Twitter. So you gotta, I sure will. You gotta make sure to follow her. Yes. At Lolo Logro for all the hot news and gossip. That's right. Uh, a couple of the highlights, um, you know, they talked about the love triangle and, you know, they didn't say where ultimately get resolved, but, but what they like is, and I think this, t- what, what, it ties in with the, the, the themes of tonight's episode. You know, they've both grown as individual people, mm-hmm. and it's because of love, and it's because of their love for each other. So love wins. Right. And that's what I think you were alluding to earlier when you said love wins. That's right. You know, I mean, just that, that in itself. So, you know, one of the exact quotes is, um, this is, this is from, uh, Sarah. While Maggie started off as being, uh, closed and pessimistic and sort of scared of life uh, and being included in anything, by the end, she's totally open and love and interested in being part of the family. You know? And, uh, you know, for for Hal's character, Maggie helped be- him become a man. More ways That's than right. one, but... You know, oh, hey. shoot. Breaking um, it down. And they're saying, you know, by the end of the season, a lot, you know, people will sort of make various compromises. Mm-hmm. Um... And, you know, in this instance, if, if you ask about that Hal and Maggie storyline, that compromise of love is a good compromise. Right now we're seeing a lot of bad compromises. Yes. So. All a lot right. of sad compromises. All right. So those are the highlights. You can, like I said, uh, Lauren will tweet out the, the link to the video. You can check out the full thing. That's all we got so far. But let's get into predictions. Very good. Ooh. And now. Alright, what do you predict? I, th- I thought I saw a glimpse of Tom. Uh, yeah, let's talk so, about the fact that he got pulled away on one of those big skitter bugs. The hornet. Yeah, scary. Um, I predict that he will be dropped somewhere by the bug, and we will find him dead or alive. Um, that was so horrifying. I can't believe that happened. Um, I think... I did predict that the relationship between Hal and the new girl was going to grow, but now I'm feeling since that article was read, my prediction is just horribly wrong. Um, what do you have? What do I have? Um, you know, it's it, obviously there's a lot of aftermath, so mm-hmm. we'll see kind of, we'll see if the second mask kind of stops and, and goes and helps Tom. Obviously, you know, uh, they're on a mission where Tom specifically told them that, uh, you know, this is my thing. You know, they, they, they find uh, whatever it is, some sort of bomb. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. Uh, you know, everyone's worried about Pope, and the last visual we're sort of left with him is just blood dripping down his face. He was spitting out blood, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. They, they, they tease these things so... It's hard to predict because I think... 
for me, at least, I'm still recovering so much from this episode. I think, like you said, it's just going to be the aftermath of what we've just seen. Yeah, and Drew did say this was one of his favorite episodes, not necessarily because of his character, but just because of the way things happened. And uh, it's so well done. You know, I mean, this, we're only in episode five, so we still got quite a few to go before we wrap this thing up. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot more intense stuff. Again, uh, I love the episodes. No offense to the teasers. Uh, they kind of glimpse towards some stuff, but in ter- but they don't really give much more than that. I don't necessarily need much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like but- this teaser, though. The one that we got today. Yeah, it was... It, kinda, it showed yeah. enough to be confusing, but not exciting. Yeah, that's all these teasers do, is just confuse you more than... Right. But here's the thing. The episodes themselves excite. Oh, my gosh. This episode... I mean, I could never have asked for more from episode five of Falling Skies. All right, Mark Donica, take us out of here with the music. Lauren LaGrasso, tell the people where they can follow you one more time. Sure. You can find me at Lolo Logro, three lows and a G-R-O, or Facebook.com slash Lauren LaGrasso. That's right. Check out her music. Yeah, that's right. I have some shows coming up next weekend. If you're in the L.A. area, come on down. That's right. Get to the L.A. area. (laughs) Uh, All right. Thank you, guys. Let us know your thoughts, your opinions. I'm sure you have many. That's what the comment section's for. We didn't quite get to hit everything. We, uh, you know, again, we, we we try to broad strokes, but the specifics, you know, we don't always get to touch upon. That's where you guys come in, and, and you guys have been great. So continue that. Uh, we'll see you next time for AfterBuzz TV's Falling Sky After Show. Bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 